0: Well, good morning. good morning, and happy Father's Day. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. If you're joining us online, whether you've chosen to join us live or later, welcome. And perhaps you're joining us via our podcast, I don't know, weeks or months from the date this sermon was preached. And I want to thank you for the time you're devoting to listening to the sermon. I believe I've got a word from the Lord for you. I want to answer a question that has been bouncing around in your mind for a while. I doubt that you've ever asked this question out loud for fear of what someone may think of you. Or perhaps maybe even what God may think of you if he heard this. Nevertheless, you find yourself often asking yourself, does Jesus really care? Does he really care about me? Now, Ronnie, I know that he cares about where I spend eternity. He demonstrated that on a cross. But I need to know something: does he care about me? Does he care about my day-to-day comings and goings? Does he care about the circumstances that I'm facing? Does he care, is my future of any concern to him? Ron, I guess what I'm asking is, do I matter to him? Now, if, if I'm talking to you, I want you to know something. You're not the first person who ever knew Jesus, loved Jesus, and followed Jesus who came to a point in their life where they questioned whether or not he really cared about them. And what I want to do this morning is share with you two examples that I find in the Bible. And the first is found in the book of Mark, chapter number 4. We're going to read one verse together. Before we do, let me set the stage and tell you what is happening. After a long day of ministry and teaching, Jesus went to his 12 disciples and he said, Get in the boat and we're going to sail across the Sea of Galilee and go to the other shore tonight. Now, he didn't open this up as a debate. What do you guys think? How would you feel about it? I'm telling you, Joseph, it was a command. It was an expression of leadership. Guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in the boat, get your gear. I'm going to get in. We're going to the other side of the lake. So, Scott, they did. They did what he told them to do. And in my imagination, I see them rowing in rhythm across the Placid Sea of Galilee. And the Bible said, out of nowhere, they encountered a storm. Keeping absolutely no warning. None. Nothing to alert them. nothing Nothing to say, boy, there's bad weather. I'm telling you. And you know, the Bible said it wasn't just any storm. Scott, it said it was a fierce storm. This was unusually difficult. They began to battle winds, not just any winds, the Bible tells us they were gale force winds. Waves began to toss their little boat about, not just any waves, the Bible said they were high waves. And wave after wave took its turn of leaving just a little water in their boat until the boat was filled and was beginning to sink. This is what the Bible said about their circumstances it said they were in real danger. You hear me? If one of them had said to the other man, We're in real danger, that wasn't an exaggeration, it was the truth. They were in real danger. Now, while this is going on, what do you think Jesus was doing? let's read about it. Mark chapter 4, verse number 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Do you see that? Do you find that pretty much unbelievable? Jesus is sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. You know what that means? It means at this point, Jesus had done nothing. He hadn't lifted a hand. He hadn't done one thing to help them out. He's asleep. I guess as far as they were concerned, they felt like we're on our own here. Look what, they find, look what they did. The disciples woke him up. Not gently, shouting at him. I'm telling you, angrily shouting at him. Look what they said, teacher. You see these next words? You see those words? Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? So here are some of Jesus' closest friends ever, men who devoted their lives to follow Him. And they've reached this conclusion: uh, He doesn't really care about us. I don't know that we really matter to him. I don't think that our well-being and our future is really of any great concern to him. Teacher, don't you care? How could they ever have come to that place? I think there were some factors at play here. One, Jesus claimed to be God in a human body, correct? So this was an assumption they had. If he's God in a human body, did he not know there was a storm out there? Did he not know that this storm was going to take place right on the Sea of Galilee? If he knew, why didn't he lead us around it? Why didn't he tell us, hold tight, there's a storm coming through, let's let it blow through, then we're going to cross the sea. Why didn't he do that? If he cared for us, why didn't he do that? If he is who he says he is, God in a human body... Doesn't he control things like the weather? If he wasn't going to lead us around it, why didn't he just prevent it from ever happening? You know what they're concluding? If he didn't lead us around it and he didn't prevent it, but he led us into it, and you understand, he led them into it. It was his idea, it's what he wanted. They're wondering, could he really care for us and let us go through something this difficult, this frightening, this painful, this exhausting? And of course, I tell you what. Then they had to conclude, well, you know, he, he led us into it. He didn't prevent it. Isn't the least he could do here get us out of it? I mean, if he really cared for us, wouldn't he do something And deliver us. Now here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing something like that has happened in your world. And that as a devoted follower of Christ, you have followed him and he's led you right into the middle of a storm. A frightening, confusing, painful, extremely difficult, extremely exhausting set of circumstances that just won't seem to let go of you. And you probably contemplated some of the same things they did. If he loved me, why didn't he lead me around this? If he loved me, why didn't he prevent it altogether? If he loved me, why doesn't he do something now? Trent, You know what they did? They they couldn't help but notice uh, a lack of involvement on his part. And this was their conclusion. The reason he hasn't done anything. The reason he hasn't gotten involved is uh, he's indifferent toward us. We don't know that he really cares about us. And maybe you've been looking at your own life and noticing he hasn't really gotten involved in my situation and therefore his lack of involvement comes from indifference and the indifference comes to the fact that I'm not sure he really cares about me. Another example found in Luke chapter 10. Again, we're going to read one verse. Before we do, let me set the stage and tell you what happened. A lady named Martha invited Jesus into her home. Now, she has invited him because she wants to do something special for him. She wants to feed him. And she she was planning a big dinner. That's the way the Bible words it. That's the adjective, a big dinner. Listen, not just bologna sandwiches, Lay's chips, and a glass of Kool-Aid. I'm telling you, man, she was talking about something memorable. So she has Jesus in her home. She's planning this big dinner for him. And and as you read this story, it says that she was worried and upset about all the details that had to be taken care of in order to prepare this elaborate dinner. I think though she was banking on the fact that she wasn't going to have to pull this off by herself, she had a sister named Mary. Mary will be here. And then as, as, as Jesus showed up, Mary kind of checked out. Mary's idea was this. Oh, if Jesus is stopping by, I'm going to take advantage of this to really enjoy his company and to learn from him. So she walks in, takes a seat at Jesus' feet, and I'm telling you, she's hanging on every word he's speaking. So there's Martha now, left to take care of all this by herself. Even though Mary is certainly capable of stepping in and help, she could lighten my load. She could help me. But I'll tell you what took her over the edge was she also knew this. Jesus is sitting here. Jesus, the one that's supposed to care about me. He is watching all this take place. He sees that I got more on me than I can handle, and that she's doing nothing, that she could step. In. And you know what really bothered her? He, he wasn't doing anything about it. He didn't say, whoa, Mary, hang on. Just hold that last thought. You need to go help your sister. So she comes walking into the room. Look at verse number 40. I read from the New International Version. It said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, you see it? Don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Do I not matter to you? Does, this, does my situation not concern you? Don't you care that my sister left me to do work by myself? Here's what you need to do tell her to help me. The 12 guys of the boat, their problem was a storm. Martha's problem, stress. She's overloaded, and she's overwhelmed. And she knows that Jesus knows, and he could fix that, and he wasn't. So she came to the conclusion, he must not care about me. Maybe that's you. Maybe you live under constant pressure. Maybe you live with elevated stress levels constantly. Maybe you're always racing against the clock. You can hear the deadlines rushing in your direction. Maybe you're staggering under the load of responsibilities and burdens that you carry in this life. And you know that Jesus knows. As a matter of fact, you probably have let him know and you've asked for help. And none has come. And so you're asking, could he really let me live like this? Would he really let me live like this? Under this constant stress and care about me. You've been asking that question, I've got the answer. I mean, listen, no guesswork here, no suppositions. i got a concrete, definite answer to that question. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. The Apostle Peter said this to a group of believers just like going to Church. He said, give all your worries and cares to God for, what does that say? Say it again real loud. He cares about you. He cares about you. Did you see that? He cares about you. you. That's been your question? Here's your answer. Notice that, that, that Peter didn't say, God cares about the world. You know, God cares about his church. Notice how personal and specific he made it. God cares about you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how. I don't know what circumstances led to you wondering if he cared. Here's the answer. I want you to know something. God cares about you. You matter. He values you. He's interested. He's concerned. So we settled on that, right? You you good with me? Everybody, you understand? He does care about you. Everybody good? Because this is what Peter said. In light of that, there's something you really ought to do. You ought to give all your worries and cares to Him. How much does He care about you? You know, I tell you what. He's going to let things unfold that could tempt you to worry, could cause you concern. He's going to let things uh, take place in your life that create a burden on your shoulder. He'll do those things. But this is what, he cares about you so much. He says, i tell you what, when I let that happen, if you'll give your worries and cares and burdens to me, I'll take them. That's how much he cares. I'll just take them. Now, I won't take them unless you give them, but if you give them to me, I'll take them. And there's this word that just stood out there to me, the word all. Peter said this, give all your worries and your cares to God because He cares for you. Every last one of them, give them to Him. You go, Ronnie, how do you do that? I'm not sure I know how to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you how. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Let's look at this. The Apostle Paul wrote this to some Christian people, and he said, don't worry about anything. You see in that? What, what do we have permission to worry about? Tell me, folks. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Paul said, you want to give you all your worries and cares, your burdens to, to God, here's the way you do it. Don't worry about anything. Stop worrying. What do you do? There's something you got to do. Pray about everything. This is how you give your worries and your cares and your burdens to the one who cares deeply about you you stop worrying about it obsessing over it shouldering the load trying to figure it out and in prayer you give it to him he goes and say i look what he said this tell god what you need and thank him for all that he has done there's a way that we pray to give this stuff to him we pray with gratitude I think we start off this prayer by inventorying the things he has done, the things he has given, and we make sure that we express our appreciation. That. The second thing, we pray specifically. I love the way Paul put this. He said, tell God what you need. He said, so what I already know is I know that, but there's something therapeutic about telling him and being specific. Here's what I need. And I want to add one to that. I think we pray with faith understand, and believing. we got to believe this. Jesus said, give me all your worries and cares. That he meant that. You give, I take. We have to pray believing that, that there's an exchange that I'm wanting to make. I'm going to give him this. And then look what Paul said verse number 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's the wonderful thing. Jesus said, I not only take that stuff from you, but I'll take it from you and I'll give you something in exchange. I'll give you my peace. Peace is the supernatural ability to be calm, confident, and courageous, and even happy no matter what the circumstances of our life are. You say, that would take a miracle. That's exactly what this does. It guards your hearts and minds so that emotionally you're not affected by what's going on around you. You know what it looks like? It looks like Jesus asleep on a cushion in the back of a boat in the midst of a fierce storm. That's what it looks like. When this exchange takes place and you're given his peace, you will have great tranquility in the midst of great turmoil. So I want to encourage you to do something this morning. I like the way it's expressed in Matthew 11, verse 28. I want you look at this. Then Jesus said, Come to me. All of you are weary. You came this morning saying, Ronnie, I'm tuckered out. I'm worn out. Burned out. I'm just about to tap out. I'm telling you, you're in the right place. You know what Jesus is saying? If that's you, you're exhausted, you're staggering, I want you to do something. I want you to come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. man, if you came into this place weary, carrying a heavy burden, consumed with worries and cares, if you'll listen, Jesus is calling you. he's saying come to me give me those worries give me those cares give me those burdens and I will give you my peace and I'll provide you with rest does that sound like a sweet deal talk to me does that sound like a sweet deal I'm going to ask Dylan to come to the keyboard, and I'm going to ask all of you to stand up. Everybody here. I'm going to ask that every head be bowed and all eyes be closed. I'm talking to the weary. I'm talking to the burdened. I'm talking to those who are consumed with worry and care. you have an opportunity this morning to make an incredible exchange because Jesus does care for you he's saying give me all that stuff that's killing you I'll take it and I'll give you my peace And you can walk out of here in my rest. So here's what we're going to do for the next few moments. You're going to talk to him. You're going to thank him for all he's done. You're going to be specific and tell him exactly what you need. And you're going to trust him to do exactly what he has promised. You're going to make the exchange. I'm going to ask you. There's some of you that feel very compelled right now to slide out of your seat and come down to this altar. If you're physically capable, you might want to kneel. If not, you can stand. And I'm going to ask you right now I'm, I, do you hear the whisper of Christ in your heart? Come to me. Come on. Come on. This is an opportunity to offload man, I want you to take advantage of it. Come to me, Jesus said. If you feel compelled, I want you to come on. Father, I know that you do not become angry with us when we question your care. I I know this. You understand us. You understand how this happens. I thank you, Lord, that you knew that there would be places along the journey where we would question So you made sure that you told the Apostle Peter, I want you to put this in in the book you write. You make sure you make it clear to them that I care for them. You, You make sure that I'm clear with them. That I care for them so much that I'll shoulder their load. I'll take their fears. I'll take their worries and their concerns. I'll take those situations that are creating that and I'll handle it for them. Tell them that. And God, here we are. We've come to the end of this service and there are people here whose hearts are heavy, who are tired, who are confused, who are hurting. Lord, there are people here who are scared. The circumstances of life are frightening and Lord, as they peer into the future, maybe they feel a greater degree of fear. I don't want them to feel that way when this service is over. God, I want them to be very earnest and sincere with you as they talk to you and tell you and give to you all of this stuff that's eating away at them. Lord, every problem, every challenge, every giant, every enemy, this is where we're at, God. Every stronghold, we're placing at your feet. Every need, God, we're placing at your feet. And we're going we're gonna to walk away from here in just a moment. And God, we're vowing, we're not going to pick it back up on our way out the door. We're leaving this with you. You said, give it to me. I'll take it. We're going to trust you with that, Lord. So I pray that as we make this, as, as we give these things up, give us your peace. Lord, help us to leave here and experience some real rest. Thank you, Lord, for caring. I pray that people live here today and feel differently. In Jesus' name, we pray together. Amen. Thank you, guys. He does care for you. Don't you ever, ever lose sight of that. You are dismissed. I hope you have a great Father's Day.